It's a pleasure to share the Word of God with you today. You know, the Scripture is powerful. It's meant to turn your world upside down, to change your life. The truth in the Word is meant to come into your life and cause you to change. The problem with some Scripture, though, is if you don't understand the truth in the meaning, then it loses its power. There's many verses that are taken out of context and used to try to prove a point, but it's not in the context of how it was meant. And therefore, it loses its power, even though it is the Word of God. And I bring that up because today we're going to look at a word that is sometimes confusing and misunderstood. And if you take it out of context, that verse can not just lose its power, but lose its meaning, change the whole meaning of a verse. And it's the same word that means different things. In English language and in every language, we have words that mean different things. And the word we're going to look at today is the word spirit. The word spirit comes from the Greek word pneuma. And uh, I'm not pronouncing that exactly right, but that's what, that's the Greek word. So understand when, when your Bible is translated, it comes from the original text in Greek, the New Testament. And the translator has to decide what the meaning of that word is in our language. For us, it's English. For other countries, Brazil is Portuguese. And so they translate from the same Greek word, the word spirit, pneuma. So I'm going to look here in the Bible today. We're going to do a word study. This is important. This is a very important study. It's very important you get this into you because it's one of those words that you have to question. Every time you see the word spirit, you have to stop and question and do some detective work to figure out what is he trying to say. What is he meaning in that word? When he has the word spirit there, what is he meaning? A similar word in English would be like bar. If my wife said, I need you to go get me a bar, she wasn't specific. So I could go and come back from the hardware store with a crowbar. And she said, no, I need you to get me a bar. Well, it's a crowbar. It's a metal bar. I need you to get me a bar. So I have to figure out, well, you know, sometimes your wife, it's hard to read her mind. And so, okay, she must mean a clothing bar. So I'm going to go buy a clothing bar to hang her clothes on. And then I come home and, no, that's not what I meant. Get me a bar. So I get her a chocolate bar. (laughs) She says, well, how am I going to wash my hands with a chocolate bar? So she meant a bar of soap. And the word bar in English can mean many different things. And if you don't find in context what it means, it can totally confuse what's trying to be said. Well, the word spirit is similar, that if you don't know what he's saying in Scripture, if you don't do your detective work and define in context what it means, then you can totally change the power of the verse and the meaning of the verse. And that happens many times. Many people assume when they read the the word spirit, it means a certain thing, and it changes the context if they have it wrong. If they have it right, it's powerful. But if they have it wrong, it changes the meaning and removes the power from that verse. So we're going to look at the word spirit. All of these words we're going to use today, we're going to look at are the same word pneuma. Now, pneuma can be translated into many different things in, in the scripture. It can, the, the word life and many different words in English. But we're going to look specifically when they use the word spirit to describe the Greek word pneuma. We're going to look at that, the word spirit in English, pneuma. 
Many people think it's the Holy Spirit, but the word spirit, pneuma, can mean, when you read the word spirit for pneuma, it can mean many different things. It can mean the Holy Spirit. It can mean your new nature or your nature. It can mean a demonic spirit. It can mean your inner man, your inner body. It can mean how you feel. There's many different things. So let's study today. This is a very important study because it will help you to get unconfused about many verses that sometimes are confusing. Let's get rid of a few of the easy ones first, okay? Uh, I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12. And we're going to read in verse 43. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. So here, to clarify what spirit he's talking about, he uses the word unclean spirit. So it's very clear here that the spirit, pneuma, spirit, is an unclean, a demonic spirit. But the word spirit is the same, pneuma. Okay? Now remember, in today's study, every word spirit that we're going to use is taken from the Greek word pneuma. And so here he clarifies by saying an unclean spirit. So we know that my wife wanted a bar of soap to wash her hands. She didn't want a chocolate bar, a metal bar, a crowbar, or a coffee bar. She wanted a bar of soap. So in context, we can see that. Now, usually the word spirit in the English Bible is either capitalized or not capitalized. And it is left up to the interpreter, the one who translated the Bible from Greek, to choose, is he meaning the Holy Spirit, which would indicate by being capitalized, or another type of spirit, like an unclean spirit. And in my Bible, the, spirit, the word spirit here is not capitalized. So that's a kind of a no-brainer. It says unclean spirit, pretty simple. I'm going to go to another one over here in 1 Peter, chapter 3. 1 Peter, chapter 3. I just can't emphasize how important it is and how much it's helped me to learn this and discover it. Pastor David did a whole series talking about the big S and the little s. And it helped me to understand that some of my confusion in Scripture was because I didn't know the translation what it meant in context. So, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. Still using the word pneuma in the Greek, and in the English using the word spirit. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart. Uh, I'll just do read, read verse 3 and 4. 1 Peter 3, 3 and 4. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, and putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of the Lord. So this translation for spirit, in context, doesn't mean the Holy Spirit or your inner man. It means a temperament, have a quiet temperament, a personality trait. Using the same word, unclean spirit, here we see it means temperament. Now we'll get to some of the basics that we really need to look at. And that is the difference between the Holy Spirit, the inner man, the inner body, 
and the nature. So the main focus I want us to look at in reading about the word pneuma and spirit is it's either going to mean when it's talking about good things, when it's not talking about unclean spirits. It's usually going to mean one of three things. It's either going to mean the nature of a man, the spirit, the inner body of a man, the spiritual body, the spirit, or the Holy Spirit, God himself, the third person of the Godhead, Holy Spirit. And we're going to find out that the translators attempted to decide for you if it was the Holy Spirit or if it was the nature or the inner man. And so sometimes they got it right, but there are some times they got it wrong. So I want you to not trust if it's capitalized, if it means the Holy Spirit or not. You have to do your study and pretty much do your homework and look in context so you can have confidence of the meaning of a verse. Because remember, any verse we have that we look at, we can read the Bible. And the Bible, just reading it is great. It's important and it's powerful. But if you change the meaning, the truth within the words, that word loses its power. The power is not so much the written Bible. I can hold the Bible to my chest and it doesn't absorb holiness into me. It doesn't absorb power into me. This page of my Bible here, the power isn't in the page. It's not a magical book. It's a powerful book, but the power is in the truth of the meaning of the scripture. And when you can discover the truth in the meaning, that's the truth that changes your life and changes who you are. But just reading the Bible is is healthy and good. But if you miss the meaning, the truth within the words, you lose this power. The Bible's used in every church around the nations, around the world, every Sunday. And in some churches, it has power. In other churches, nothing changes. It's the same. Because the power is in the meaning, in the truth. It's the truth that sets you free, not necessarily just reading the Word. Okay, so we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In the series on transformation, we've already discussed the word soul, meaning different meanings, and the word flesh having different meanings. So I hope you're learning a little bit that in, in learning the truth of the word, sometimes we have to do our own studying and not just trust things as we take it, or has even been taught to us. And that's a good thing. You want to be in God's hands and let the Holy Spirit teach you. Not that we don't trust teachers. We appreciate teachers, but really you're responsible for yourself to seek the truth and find the truth. We always say, you know, when we get to heaven, there'll be some pastors, their church will be in heaven, but we'll be chasing them down, trying to beat them up because they didn't tell them the truth about something. And when you stand before God, you won't be able to say, but God... My pastor told me this, and my pastor told me that. And you're, you're accountable for your own walk, for your own life, especially at this stage. You know, you're, you're in this far enough to be responsible to seek the truth and let the Holy Ghost teach you the things of God. So I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to see the word spirit, pneuma, in the Greek, in the English, the word spirit, quite often. And remember, we want to figure out which is he talking about? Inner man, nature, or the Holy Spirit? 
Because if you just think it's the Holy Spirit, it changes the meaning. It completely changes the meaning. You'll be coming home with a, a bar of a candy bar or a chocolate bar instead of a bar of soap. Verse 10. Talking about revelations, mysteries. Verse 10, chapter 2, 1 Corinthians. But God has revealed them, that's the mysteries. God has revealed the mysteries to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Now, if you just, in my Bible, if you just take it because it has it is capitalized, that God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, that kind of makes sense, that God's revealed them to us through his Spirit. But then it says, for the Spirit, which in my Bible is capitalized, searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So, if I read it by the capital, the S being capitalized, I would read it as saying, God has revealed the mysteries to us through his Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. But that gets confusing when we see that the whole, why would the Holy Spirit, who is God, search the deep things of God? Well, that's because these two words, spirit, are not supposed to be capitalized. And I'm going to give you a little trick that I do. In my Bible, which I, I like to underline and do things in my Bible, I have put together a little way of knowing uh, which one it means. And when you have confidence that you know what it is, then you sh- I think you should do the same. So what I've done is when it's talking about the Holy Spirit, I put a little line on top of the S, whether it's capitalized or not. I put a line on top of the S to indicate from above the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit. If it's talking about my nature, spirit, nature, I put a little line underneath it to indicate it's a small S that is talking about my nature. And if it's talking, indicating, talking about my inner man, my inner body, then I put a line in front of the S to show a body that is talking about my inner man, not the new nature or not the Holy Spirit. And you know those are three different meanings, three different parts of you. The Holy Spirit is God, your inner man, and the new nature. And they all have different purposes and do different things. So it's important that you and I could look at the word spirit and know which, which one he's talking about. We don't want to blame the Holy Spirit for something that is our inner man's job. Here, the way it's to be interpreted is, but God has revealed the mysteries to us. See, God's always been the same. The Holy Spirit hasn't changed. So if it was up to the Holy Spirit to teach you mysteries, he could have taught it to the disciples before they were born again. So it's not that the Holy Spirit in this context is the one who's teaching us. It's that because we have a new nature, spirit, that now we can receive the things of God. The, the new nature brought to life our inner body, and our inner body now can understand the things of God. For God has revealed them, the mysteries, to us through His Spirit. That is talking about your new nature. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. That is talking about your new nature. Your new nature is now what causes you to seek after the things of God. The new nature desires. It causes you to desire. It's the same way, oh, my dog's nature causes it to chase a cat. You know, I can take my dog and say, I want to make you my little child. 
and little children don't bark like crazy and chase cats at the tree all the time. So I'm going to command you to be my child, no more chasing cats up the tree. And that little dog will see a cat go by and it will go, I want to chase the cat. Well, that's the nature of the dog causing it to want to chase the cat. And that's what that means. That Now that you have a new nature that you desire from your inner man, you desire to know the deep things of God. And in context, that's what this means. Both of these words, spirit, do not mean the Holy Spirit. And it's important you see that because that brings the whole meaning of these verses power. That you now can know the things of God, not because the Holy Spirit has changed. He's God. He never changes. He'll always be the same and always has been. But you've changed because now you're born again. You actually have the nature of God in you. And now because you have the nature of God, your inner man is alive. And now you can understand the deep things of God. God's not wanting to hide any mysteries from you anymore, any secrets. He wants to share everything with you. Verse 11, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man? Now, look closely here and you see the spirit of the man in my Bible is a small s. So they got that right. That what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man, which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So here, you could think he's talking about the little s, spirit of man, and the big s meaning the Holy Spirit. But he's not. Both of these spirits I have underlined because it's talking about the nature. That a nature of a man determines what it is. Just like the nature of my dog determines it's a dog. Well, the nature of you before you were saved determined that you were unsaved. You were of Adam. You are of the human race. But now you have the nature of God. So that's a small s. I have it underlined. It should be a small s. So now that you have the nature of God in you, you now hunger for the things of God. And now you can know the things of God by nature. You are attracted to God and want to be like God in holiness and in love. And you're searching for the things of God. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. Now, if you look here in verse 12, 1 Corinthians 2.12, you'll see that it's a small s. We've not received the spirit of the world. So when you got born again, what happened was God took the spirit of the world, the spirit of man, the spirit of Adam, the spirit of the human race, the spirit of sin, the nature, and he quickened it from darkness to light. And in that quickening from darkness to light, from sin to righteousness, you have received a new nature, a new spirit, a nature of God. So we've not received the spirit of the world. That is not talking about an evil spirit, a worldly spirit. There's no demon called wearing a t-shirt that says world on it. That's talking about the nature of Adam. We've not received that because you're born again. So quit acting like the world because you no longer have the nature of the world in you. So here it's an underlying spirit is talking about the new nature that you received. You do not receive the nature, the spirit of the world, the old nature of darkness, but the spirit which is from God. So here, they have it capitalized, but it should be a small s because it's talking about your nature. The reason this is so important, because 
you being born again wasn't just that you accepted God and now the Holy Spirit is walking with you. Because the Holy Spirit walked with Moses and Noah and Abraham and walked with the disciples, but he wasn't in them. What changed to allow the Holy Spirit to come talk to you personally inside of you was that you changed. You received a new nature. And so the word spirit here should be underlined meaning new nature or nature. You're the new nature, the spirit of God. Now we've received not the nature of the world, the spirit of the world, but the spirit, the nature, which is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. See, the Holy Spirit was here before you were saved, but you couldn't understand the things of God. But now that you're born again and have the new nature in you, the nature of the world was changed, taken out of you, and you've been given a new nature, a nature of God. And because of that new nature, you can now receive the things freely given to you by God. You changed, not God, you changed. You've been born again. You received the new nature. So remember, in the word study today, we're talking about the word spirit, the Greek word pneuma. Every word spirit we're looking at, we are uh, deciding if it means evil spirit, temperament, or inner man, nature, or the Holy Spirit. And every word, time you see the word pneuma, you have to decide. Every time you see the word spirit, you really have to do your homework to decide what is he talking about. I know this is a, a slow message, but it's very important. This one message will help unlock many scriptures to you. Now we have received, verse 12, not the spirit of the world, so small s, not the nature of the world, but the spirit, small s, nature, which is from God, that we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. So the reason you can now know the things of God, the mysteries of God, the deep things of God, is not because you received the Holy Spirit, but because you changed. And because you changed, you received the new nature. You're no longer of the world. You no longer have the nature of this world. You no longer have a nature of sin. You have a nature of righteousness, a nature of God in you. And that new nature brought to life your inner man. So now, let's keep reading. Verse 13. Because you have this new nature now, you can now receive the deep mysteries of God. doesn't matter what your past is or your education is. You have His nature. You are His child. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit. Now, the word Spirit there is capitalized, and it should be. I have a line over it. And he clarifies it by saying, Holy Spirit. So he's being very clear. It's not an unclean spirit. It's not your new nature. It's the Holy Spirit, God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So I want you to see here that because you have a new spirit in you, a new nature, you're a child of God, and that new nature brought to life your inner man. Now the Holy Spirit can teach you 
spiritual things spirit to spirit. He can teach you spiritual to spiritual, comparing spiritual to spiritual. The Holy Ghost, God himself, can come and sit with you when you pray in tongues and teach you the very wisdom and mysteries of God. Verse 14, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I'm trying not to get too complicated here, but I'm trying to really emphasize that whenever you see the word spirit from the Greek word pneuma, you and I have to decide, does it mean one of three things? It can mean unclean spirit. It can mean temperament. We know that. But that's we're not looking at that. Does it mean the Holy Spirit, capital S? Does it mean new nature or nature, small s? Or does it mean your inner body? So I've shown you here the Holy Spirit, and I've shown you here nature, new nature, where the word spirit means those things. Same word, just you have to get it in context. I want to go over here to uh, chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So again, what I've done is I do an underline under the word spirit. Under the S of every time I see the word spirit in English. If it's the new nature or the nature, I put a little line underneath it. If it's the Holy Spirit, I draw a, I put a line on top of it, the Holy Spirit from above. And if it's my inner man, then I use a line beside it to indicate it's my inner man. This can be confusing if you don't know what he's talking about. If you just assume it's the Holy Spirit. It totally changes the meaning in context. Like our word bar. Go get me a bar. Okay. You know, we have many words in our language. Bat. Do you want a bat, like a baseball bat? Or do you want a bat that flies at night? Like, what kind of bat do you want? So we have to, in Scripture, look carefully at what it means so we can grasp the meaning of the verse, keep it in context, so it holds its power in it. That is where the power of God is, is in the truth of the Scripture. I'm in 1 Corinthians. We're going to look here in chapter 14. And it says in verse 14, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So here's the same word, pneuma, translated into English, spirit. And here he has it right. It's a small s in my translation. But what does it mean? Does it mean my new nature prays? Or does it mean my inner man, my spiritual body prays? It's important we look at this to see what it means. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. But my understanding is unfruitful. My spirit prays. So does that mean my new nature prays? Many people who understand the new nature think that their nature hears and speaks. and and But it's just a nature. It's the nature of God. But it brought to life your inner man. The, new, the spirit here does not mean the new nature. I have a little line right beside it in my Bible. Because it's talking about my inner man, my inner body, came to life. 
My inner man came to life when I was born again. I'm going to pause there and I'm going to show you in Colossians. This is in the Transformation series. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of him who created him. So here we can see that there is a difference between the nature and the new man, which is your inner body. It's your inner man that is now alive, the new man. The inner body is now alive because of the new nature. But the word spirit is used for both of the meanings of inner man and, and new nature. So when we go back to 1 Corinthians 14 and 14, here's what it's saying. When you pray in tongues, 14. For when I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. This is clear when you can see in context. My spirit prays. Well, does that mean your nature? You have a new nature? Does it pray? I used to think that. That's why it's so important, because I used to be confused. I thought my new nature was the fullness of my salvation. But the new nature brought to life my inner body. So here he's making a comparison that your inner man is praying, and that's what holds the knowledge of God. My spiritual mind, my spiritual man prays in tongues. God fellowships with my spirit, my inner man. So when I go to my prayer closet, I always make fun of that. I'm going to the prayer closet. And my outward man, my outward man was excited at first because it thought it was going to win something. We're going to get a new car, a new house. And so it joined in me and my inner man and my outward man joined together to go to the prayer closet. And when I got into the prayer closet, the Holy Ghost was standing there. And he greeted my inner man and locked me in the prayer closet while my outward man was left outside. And I spent those hours praying in tongues. And when I stepped out, my outward man did not understand anything that happened because it was spirit to spirit. See, your inner man came to life. You have an inner man that can hold the very truths of God. You have an inner body, a spiritual body, that can capture and hold the things of God. And that's the power of this verse. When I pray in a tongue, it's a spiritual work. But it's not a, like a spiritual, ghostly, cloudy, emotional kind of thing. It's a, it's a powerful revelation that the Holy Spirit sits down with my inner man and teaches me the wisdom and mysteries of God. But when it says my understanding is unfruitful, for years people would say, well, see, that's just silly for you to, you people of faith, you just want to be blind faith and dumb with no wisdom and no understanding. You just want to run into God and have no wisdom and no understanding. God doesn't want us to be stupid. God doesn't want us to be ignorant. That's what they would say. You faith guys just want us to blindly. And, you know, I have intellectual people get upset because they wanted to use their intellectualism to understand God. Well, it's not that when we, we speak in tongues that, in our personal prayer language, that we're supposed to be dumb. It's actually the opposite, that we're supposed to get smart in the mysteries of God. But here, what it helps you to understand is when we, under, when we know that the word spirit here means inner man, it is comparing the inner man and the outward man. The understanding is talking about your natural understanding. 
that when you pray in tongues, your natural understanding does not get what you're saying because it leaves your natural man out. But your spirit, not your new nature, your inner body, your inner understanding, your inner brain, your spiritual man, contains the things of God. We'll read read some more of this, and it'll be more clear when you can see here in verse 14, he's talking about your inner man. Your spiritual mind is where the praying takes place. The Holy Spirit prays through your spiritual man, leaving your outward man unfruitful. God's not trying to teach your outward man anything. He's trying to get you to mortify it. So verse 14, when I pray in a tongue, when I pray in my spiritual prayer language, personal prayer language, not for a church service, not through the gift, but when I pray in my personal prayer language, I want you to follow me here. In fact, let's do this. I'm trying not to be too tedious, but this is a very important thing to understand. Just You're just going to have to put up with me. Let's go back to chapter 2, because you're going to find out that all of 1 Corinthians is tied together. I'm just going to teach you a little bit. You're just going to have to follow me, okay? Verse chapter 2, we'll start in verse 1. And I, brother, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom. So he's not saying be wisdomless. He's not saying be just dumb, no earthly good, and so heavenly minded. What he's saying is there is a wisdom that's available, but it's for those who are mature. He's talking about a spiritual wisdom to your inner man, your spiritual man. God's wisdom to your inner man. And not living out of the wisdom of human wisdom. So he's making a very strong contrast between human wisdom and God's wisdom, between natural understanding and spiritual understanding. So it's not that God wants us to be spiritually moved by feeling the Holy Spirit and goosebumps and just dumb. No, he wants to gain the very wisdom of God. So look closely here. However, we speak wisdom, verse 6, among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of the sage who are coming to nothing. So he's being clear here. There is a wisdom that we speak to the mature, but it's not a wisdom of this world. It's not a wisdom that a natural man could understand. Let's say you have someone who is very educated, very intellectual, and they come to Christianity. Can they use that intellectual of the natural to understand God? If so, why didn't they do it before they were saved? The point is that you now, because your inner man, spirit, is alive, can understand truths that come from the mind of God because you changed. You received a new nature which brought to life your inner man so the Holy Ghost can teach you. Or I can say you received a new spirit so your spirit came to life so the Holy Spirit can teach you. Hope I'm confusing you in a nice way. However, we speak, verse 6, 
However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory. So he's saying when we speak, we speak the wisdom of God. He says, none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. For it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed. So these mysteries have been hidden for ages. But God has revealed these mysteries to us through his Spirit, talking about the new nature. Because I have a new nature, God now can teach me that wisdom, because that new nature brought to life my spiritual body, my inner man, now I can understand and hold, because I am a child of God, I have his nature in me. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man, except the spirit of the man which is in him. So your nature determines how much you can understand. If you have a nature of man, you're not born again. It's impossible for you to understand the things of God. doesn't matter how smart you are. You need to be born again because that is the nature, the new nature that brought to life your inner man, which now allows you to hold the things of God. So I'm getting away from a word study a little bit. The word study means, is he talking about the new nature? Is he talking about the inner body? and Or is he talking about the Holy Spirit? Now, I'm trying to help you understand the, the word spirit, meaning the inner man. Because now that you have a, a spiritual man, an inner body that's alive, I'm jumping over to chapter 14 again, keeping with what we read in chapter 2, chapter 14, verse 14. For if I speak in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So, what I'm trying to show you is that word spirit does not mean the Holy Spirit. It means your inner man. It doesn't mean your new nature. Your new nature doesn't pray. It's a nature. But it brought to life your inner body. So now you have a spiritual body and a natural body that are tied together. And when you pray in tongues, God speaks to your inner man, but leaves your outward man unfruitful. The outward man, the outward intellect does not understand what you just prayed for for two hours. But your inner man received mysteries and knowledge and wisdom, not of this world, but from God. You can understand an intellect, a wisdom from heaven that came from the very mind of a divine God. You could understand it. That's what this verse means. When I pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit, God, speaks to me in His language at his speed, spiritual to spiritual, from his mind to my spiritual mind, leaving my natural mind, my natural understanding, unfruitful. And that's why when you pray in tongues, you don't know what you pray, because he's not speaking to your natural man. He's speaking to your spirit man, the inner man. So that's what this word spirit means in 14, in verse 14 of chapter 14, your inner man. Let's read on, and you'll see the power of it that this contains when you see it. Now that I know that I have a spiritual man, an inner man, that can contain and hold the truth and wisdom of God, 
he said that we speak this wisdom to those who are mature. So there's a maturing of wisdom that is of godly wisdom, a maturing of that truth that builds upon each other. Just like you can't take a first grade class into the university and say, teach these first graders what you're teaching these college students. Knowledge has to be built upon knowledge. Spiritual knowledge is the same thing. You have to learn the beginnings by praying in tongues. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So my inner man prays, but my outward man is left unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray in the spirit. I'll also pray in understanding. I'll sing in the spirit. I will sing in the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen? At your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say. So that's just saying that your personal prayer language doesn't benefit people around you. It only benefits you because they don't understand what you're saying. You don't even understand what you're saying in the natural. But your inner man is collecting that truth and wisdom and building up a spiritual truth that will change your life forever. You don't lose this wisdom. It stays forever. For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. So that's again saying when you're praying in tongues, in your personal prayer language, it's not meant for the church service. It's not meant for people around you to be edified. It edifies your inner man. I thank God I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Now why this is so important and why the understanding of verse 14 the word spirit is so important because when you realize he's not talking about your new nature, he's not talking about the Holy Spirit, he's talking about your inner man. That your inner man benefits in the wisdom of God because now it can hold the things of God. And then it says here, I'd, I'd rather speak in five words of understanding. So I'd rather be able to share with you five words of you understanding me because that's where the power is than just to pray in tongues for uh, 10,000 words in a tongue. But it kind of gives you a hint that it takes about 10,000 words of praying in the Holy Ghost to be able to bring that across to your natural understanding what it really means. That's why when you pray in tongues, it may take a while. It doesn't happen instantly, the knowledge of God. And I'm going to close with this. I know I'm, I'm getting long-winded here. I want to try to stay focused the best I can. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20. Brethren, do not be children in understanding, however in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. Now remember in chapter 2 he said, to those who are mature, we speak wisdom, spiritual wisdom. We're not wisdomless, we're very, very smart in spiritual things, in spiritual wisdom, knowledge from God. And I can share that to those who are mature. So Paul writes here, and this word, uh, understanding is is unique that it's only in this verse and it means an understanding from a place inside a knowing from inside so it's not talking about just knowing in this world it's talking about your spiritual understanding brethren do not be children don't remain immature in spiritual knowledge be babes in malice but in spiritual knowledge be mature in spiritual wisdom and he t- spends all this these chapters teaching you, pray in tongues, 
and you will grow in the mysteries and wisdom of God because your inner man is brought to life by the new nature with the Holy Spirit teaching you now from God to you, spirit to spirit, spiritual to spiritual. The word spirit can mean, in basic, it can mean either the Holy Spirit, it can mean your nature, and it can mean your inner man. Those are the three that you want to focus on when you see the word spirit. It can mean unclean spirit, and it can mean your temperament. But those three you have to decide because it changes the verse. It changes the meaning and it changes the power of a verse the word spirit. We're going to do some more on the word spirit. I've done enough for today. And I hope that helps you understand that these kind of lessons are a little tedious, these word studies, but they're so important because they really will help you to be cemented in knowing what you're learning, knowing what he's trying to say in the verse, in the chapter. The word spirit, the word pneuma, can mean Holy Spirit, new nature or nature, and your inner man. And so every time you see that word spirit in a positive manner, it's important that you look at it to decide, is he, what does he mean? Because that tells you what the verse means. That tells you what he's trying to say in context. Thank you so much for spending time with me, and thank you for learning with me on transformation. It's changed my life, and I hope it's changing your life too. God bless you.